I want to speak to you this morning that uh, as I was standing there, the Lord just shifted the sermon. You know, God, um, He can shift anything He wants. Is that okay? Um, I want to speak to you very quickly that when God chooses you, you, you can't fight against it, really. Um, the title of my sermon this morning is really, I want to speak to you about faith, but I, I want to start at a different scripture that I started in the first service. I want to start in 1 Samuel chapter number 16 and verse number 11. Is that okay? I want to start there. I want to just read for you. Um, and in 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter number 16 and verse number 11, I believe that the Lord has announced a new season. I believe that the Lord has announced a new season over His people. And I believe that it doesn't matter what 2023 has held for you, that 2024 is going to be a different year. It's going to be a year full of the Lord, full of surprises and full of the goodness of God. Come on, can I have anybody that just says amen to that? And our conference, why I say that is because my conference is in the Lord, it's not so much of myself. In 1 Samuel chapter number 16, verse number 11, the Bible says this. So, it's now Samuel asking, he says, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Then Jesse answered, he says, there is still the youngest. Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him, for we will not sit down until he arrives. I'll say it again, send for him. For we will not sit down until He arrives. We're going to just jump with one or two scriptures, but I want to start there. I want you to see something here. Samuel was on an assignment and his assignment was very, very simple. He needed to go and anoint a king. And when he needed to go and anoint a king, he was looking for somebody that was going to look like a king. And so he comes to the house of Jesse because that's where the Lord has sent him. He said, in the house of Jesse, there'll be somebody that you have to anoint with oil. You have to anoint that as the king. And so we know the, the story in 1 Samuel 16. Eliab comes. He looks good on the outside. He looks like a leader. He looks like a king. He's well built, well presented. And God says, I don't want him. Next one, please. And so the, every son of Jesse gets represented before the Lord. But then there's seven full-blown no's that happens. And therefore we come to this scripture in 1 Samuel chapter number 16 because all seven sons appear in front of Samuel but God doesn't want any of them. It's a, it's a clear no from God. And so the Bible comes to this scripture and the scripture says, so we asked Jesse, are these all the sons? In other words, there has to be somebody else because God has not made a mistake. And Samuel says, he says, there is still the youngest Jesus, uh, Jesse answered, he is tending this sheep and Samuel said, send for him, for he will not sit down until he arrives. I want you to note something here. Samuel is looking on the outside, but God is looking for the one that loves him on the inside. In other words, and, and there's, a, there's so much power in, in, in these scriptures. We have to understand God does not look like man looks at things. God sees the heart, right? And he's looking for, he's looking for David because David was the one that was worshiping him. And we know the story, and I want to tie it now into Ephesians. We know the story. The Bible says that Samuel goes, and as Samuel, uh, uh, as David goes, and as David is on his way to his house, uh, as he walks in, Samuel looks at him, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke, speaks to Samuel again and says, This is the one. Take the oil, anoint him, for I have chosen him. 
this is the vessel. And so in Ephesians chapter number 6, and I want to tie all of this together. In Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 16, and I, I want us just to listen. In Ephesians 6, 16, the Bible says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And as I've said before, the word above all here does not mean more important than the breastplate or the, the, uh, the breastplate or the, the, the sword of the Spirit or the belt of truth or the shoes of peace or the helmet of salvation. No, it means in front of all. It means in front of everything that you and I have and all the war pieces that God has given us in Christ Jesus, Romans 13, 14. In all of these, there's one thing that needs to be in front of us and that's our faith, right? And often what I would believe, I would believe that it's the power of my faith in Him. And the Lord ch changed that narrative a little bit in my heart during this week. And the Lord said, it's, it's not so much all the time your faith in me, it's my faith in you. Okay? And I want to prove to you something. In, in John chapter number 21, please just stay with me in the Scriptures because everything I'm saying is scriptural. John 21 verse number 20. And the Bible says the following, And Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him. I like that about John. John writes into the Bible, I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. Please note his perspective is Jesus loves me. Okay? Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And listen to Jesus. Jesus answered and said, If I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And as I read this, the Lord spoke to me and I, I want to speak to you that about the, the, the strength of your faith. John was aware of, of Jesus' love for him. And because he was aware of how much Jesus loved him, following Jesus was automatic. Are you there? Because John's awareness about himself was, I am the one that Jesus loves. But Peter was the one that spoke to everybody about his love for Jesus. Peter was the one that said, Lord, if everybody will betray you, I will not betray you. Lord, if everybody runs, I will not run. It sounds like a lot of people. Lord, if everybody does, does this, I will not do it. That's the Peter type of Christian. And Jesus says, Peter, you follow me. In other words, the people that boast in how much they love the Lord, they are the ones that are instructed to follow Jesus. But the ones that boast about how much Jesus loves us, we are the ones that follow Jesus automatically. Come on, are you there? Listen to me, I, I want to take you somewhere. Satan understands that for you to live a lesser life, he has to steal the word beloved out of your life. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, this is my beloved son. The Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Then the devil rocks onto the scene and the very thing he says, he says, if you are the son. He throws out that word beloved because he wants Jesus to start to do his ministry or to do his life void of the identity of love. May I say to you, Satan is very successful in sending people and circumstances and scenarios across our paths that wants to drop that word beloved. 
so that you and I start to prove that we are worthy to be loved. Come on, are you there? There's no significance out of the word that Jesus is the one that's in love. Come on, and if Jesus is the one that's in love, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 37 to 39, there's no height, no depth, no angel, no demon, no principality, and I would like to add, no circumstance in this life that can separate me from a God that is absolutely, ravishly, crazy, scandalously in love with me. It's not about me keeping the rules. It's about a Jesus that died for me. Oh, come on, are you guys there? Are you with me? May I be as bold as to say this, there, there is no significant faith unless that faith is birthed out of a place of love. We make bold requests in the, in the courtrooms of God when we understand I am the one that Jesus loves. Come on guys, are you okay? I want to say this, His love for me equals my confidence in Him. In other words, when I have a greater understanding of how much He loves me, I have a greater understanding how confident I can become. You know, when we were children, let me, let me use an example. Do you, do you remember when we were children and we would say like, you know, you know, my dad is bigger than your dad. Remember that? We would say stuff like, oh, you're your dad, but, have you, but my dad. And we would brag about our dads and we would brag about their muscles and most likely they didn't look like we said they look like. But our sp perspective of their power changed our confidence. I'll say it again. Our perspective of their power changed our confidence. We were bold. We were like, you can come. I have a dad that can come too. And I want to restore your confidence in the Lord that you can say in this side of life, have you seen my dad? Yeah, you can call your dad, but let me call my dad. Come on, guys. There's a confidence that has to come. And this confidence comes by understanding I am the one that Jesus loves. Look, Martha and Mary understand this so much about the Lord that they say to the Lord, whilst Lazarus is busy dying, they say, Lord, the one you love. They don't say, Lord, the one that you have stayed over, the one that you've ate his food, the good Lazarus, the one that kept all the rules, the one that did all the to-do lists. No, they say, Lord Jesus, the one you love is sick. In other words, to get Jesus onto the scene, they use his love for Lazarus. Oh, is there anybody here this morning? May I say this, your life is not defined by who walked out. Your life is defined by a God that has chosen you and that has selected you. And if, even if there were seven no's, one right yes changes the story. Come on, can you, can you imagine? I, I want you to picture this. Samuel says, listen, I came to anoint a king. None of them the Lord wants. Is there anybody? Is there anybody left? Say, so yeah, we, we have got one, but he's of the sheep. And by the way, to look after the sheep in New Testament times was not a glorious job. It was an ugly job. It was those that left for the, it was left for the poor. We've got one, but he's, 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 not, he's not good enough to be at this meeting. And here comes David. This is what I love about David. Here comes David. He walks smelling like the sheep. Come on, are you guys there? 
Here he comes walking in. All of his brothers are there. Here stands the prophet with with the horn of oil. And God says, this is the one. And what I love about this story is that God does not wait for David to wash off the dust. God does not wait. Listen to me. God does not wait for David to wash off the failure, the past, the dust, all the circumstances. God does not wait for him to to wash off the smell. God does not wait for anything. God says, this is the one I want him because his heart is with me. Anoint him. And this is what I love about this story. And I want to say it like this. Can you imagine? And I pray I preach to somebody here this morning. Can you imagine the last time David now he walks, he's been chosen, now he's been called, he walks to his father's house. He's on his way, he's walking. Can you imagine that was the last time you'll walk as a shepherd boy? Because the next time he's going to make that walk, he's going to walk dripping with the oil of the choice of God being upon his life. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, if God chose you, I'm sorry, but there's no devil and there's no person that can have anything against that. That's why you can say, if God be for me, who can be? Come on, empower. Get some life in you today. You can boldly say, my God is a consuming fire. With my God, I can storm an army. His love for me makes me bold. Come on, are you guys there? His love for you must make you bold. When I was a, when I was a student, I, um, and we, we just, when we just got married, we, we earned a thousand, well, not even a thousand, five hundred. I think between Stan and I, we, we earned a thousand something. Let's say a thousand, five hundred bucks. And ever so often, my, my dad would make the phone call, like all hopefully good parents do, and he'll say, listen to you, we <laughs> want some groceries. And Shannon was very, very humble. She'll bring a basket. I'll like, leave the basket, brother. We need trolleys. Why? I never showed up with a basket when the phone call came. Why? Because I know the man that makes the call loves me. And because he loves me, I am not going to show up with a basket. I'm going to show up, I tell Shannon, get a trolley, help somebody else to get a trolley, get every trolley you can. Listen, who have you shopped in your parents' homes? I was like that. I would open up the fridge and like, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. My dad will always be like, you take all the best. I'm like, I'm the only son. What do you expect? So you take the best stuff, you leave the the normal stuff. Exactly, I am a son. And I've been born right. May I say to you this morning, just because life and some people wants to close the fridge of God's goodness over your life, may I rip open that fridge once again in this day and tell you, you are worth, worth much more than what people, oh, come on. You are worth more. Jesus says, look at the lilies of the field. Look at, this, the, look at the birds of the air. You will never find a bird flying and worrying. You'll never find a bird flying and say, you know, I hope I stay in the air. 
think about it, you'll never find a sparrow saying to another sparrow, yeah, hey John, we, you, you just need to flap brother. We, are, we are, must make it. No, they're designed to fly. Their authority is in the air. Your authority is to conquer. It's not up for discussion. Will we go into fights? Will we go into tribulation? Will we go into hard situations? Absolutely. Will we come up on top? Absolutely. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. Come on, Christians. Are, are you okay? Are you with me? And this is what I, I want you to understand that this, this shield of faith, the Bible says, in front of all. And this is what I want you to understand is that all of you seated here in 2023, you went through different battles, right? All of us go through battles. By the way, if you don't go through a battle, you're not a Christian. Because Satan attacks that but threatens him. So if you had no attack, Maybe relook your dedication to the Lord. Satan loves to attack that what threatens him. Right? Now listen to me. Sometimes we want to take our shields out based on our own strength, based on our own abilities. And for a while it goes well because we can do it. We feel strong. We feel confident. We were like, ah, oh, we can do this. But then the waves come and they just hit you. And life has got a way of hitting you again and again and again. And then you need something deeper than your own passions. You need something stronger than your own motivation and even that tape that you play for yourself and even that song that try to keep you. You need something deeper. And the Bible calls it being rooted and grounded in love. It's Paul the Apostle said this, the only faith that will work is a faith that is rooted and grounded in love. In other words, my faith in the Lord is rooted and grounded in that the Lord loves me. And because He loves me, I can have faith in Him. That's why when we don't show faith, we show that we don't understand that we are the objects of His love. So a lack of faith is really a lack of love. Come on guys, are you okay? I'm driving, trying to drive the point back home here. Jocelyn, my youngest, eight years old. We often will need to buy a new, new shoes for, for school. I don't know why they choose white shoes, by the way. You know, can please somebody change that rule? Um, we buy these, these, these shoes often and... And ever so often, and in my house, I don't know, in your house, but tackies don't last long. Okay, is anybody, can I counsel anybody? They don't last long. And Jocelyn, even though she gets a new tacky every so often, she would literally, the very second she's got new ones on, it's like a spirit of kicking stuff comes upon you. Is there anybody that's with me? And she will kick whatever. And then she come home and I'm like, bought these like. But her mind never computes 
that there is a source problem nor that she needs to buy the tacky. She's just a recipient of an unlimited supply of white tackies. Are you guys with me? Her confidence lies in the love that I have for her. Because if she looks bad, I look bad. So I can't afford that her toes will stick out so she will get a new tacky. I'm trying to retrain. Are you guys with me? What am I trying to say to you? I'm trying to say to you, you serve a God that you must have the mindset that even though you will wear that tacky that sometimes have a hole in, the hole does not define you. The Father's goodness, the Father's love, and the Father's confidence over your life, that is what defines you. And that can make you bold. That is what makes you say, when I am weak, yet I am strong. When I am poor, yet I am rich. It's a confidence thing. Because the Lord loves me. Are you there? Come on, guys. Listen to the scripture again. Satan says, if you are, he drops out that word, beloved. Why? He wants Jesus to prove it. Come, prove it to us. Prove you can turn the, the bread into stones. Prove, come, prove. Doesn't that sound like many people? Prove. How often does your business not find a voice? Prove. How often does a husband and a wife not find that voice? Prove. How often does circumstances not find that voice? Prove. Listen. Whenever that voice comes again, say, it has been proven. It was settled by the cross. Oh, come on. You see, Peter said, he said, Peter turned and saw, Lord, what about him? Jesus says, listen, Peter, you follow me. The difference between Peter and John is this. John is following the Lord because he knows the Lord loves him. Peter boasts about his love, but he needs to be reminded to follow him. And what I found in my life is very simply this. And I want to go just to two scriptures and then I'm going to wrap this up for you. I find in my love and in my, in my life, the longer I walk with the Lord, it's not about how much I love him. It's about how much I understand he loves me. And my, revel my worship comes out of my revelation of who He is. That's why I can check you guys' worship. If you worship like this, it tells me you don't have a revelation. If you worship the Lord of tears down your face, you have a revelation. Come on. Listen to the scripture. Numbers 32 verse number 11. Are you guys still with me? Numbers 32 verse number 11. It says this, Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were 20 years old, more, when they came out of Egypt, will they see the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Except, save me, except, except Caleb and except Joshua. Why just the two? Listen, here's the answer. For they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Now listen, let me stay there. Let me go to Matthew chapter number 15, verse number 26. Matthew 15, verse number 26. It reads as follows. He replied, 
it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was made well at that very moment. And you may ask the question, okay, Gibbard, what has these two scriptures got to do with one another? Here's what it's got to do with one another. Joshua is an Israelite. Caleb, his name means a dog. When you study what Joshua and Caleb did, there was 12 spies that went to spy out the land, right? Ten of them came back and said, listen, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Not even in the enemy's eyes, in our eyes. We are like grasshoppers to them. Two came back and said, we can do this. They have a mentality. They say, we can do this. God has given us the land. And Caleb is an outsider. He's not an insider. He's an outsider. Joshua is an insider. Caleb is an outsider. And the word Caleb means dog. Now, many, many years later, Jesus is busy with his deliverance ministry. Or part of his ministry is deliverance. And here comes a woman, a Canaanite woman. A Syrophoenician woman. Her daughter is demon-possessed. And Jesus says, I have not come for you, but I've come for the household of Israel. In other words, the bread, the bread is deliverance. The children's bread is deliverance. In other words, if you were an Israelite, Jesus was saying, listen, I came to deliver my own people. But she makes a statement. She said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. What is she referring to? She's referring to when Joshua camped right in the middle, Caleb camped around the crust of the perimeter. And she is taking Jesus all the way back to Caleb's faith. And she's reminding the Lord that even though I'm an outsider, my faith says you can do this. And Jesus answers that faith. He says, woman, great is your faith. I tell you, even a crumb will bring your deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, I'll jump up and down of Revelation. The, the point is, it's not the size of the faith. It's the intensity of the faith. It's an intensity that I recognize who you are, Jesus. You're the one that heals. You're the one that delivers. You're the one that sets free. You are the one that comes and repay. It's you. And Jesus says, because you see me right and you perceive me right, you can receive me right. And because you receive me right, I'll do what you ask. Great is your faith. I want to say to you this morning in power, listen, it's not about who I say again has walked out. It's about a God that has walked in and that has stayed with you in mornings and in nights and in afternoons and He's still with you. Come on, give Him some praise. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. And I want to end with two things. 
There's no significance outside of God. Nothing. But what you have to understand about your faith is your faith covers you. When you, when you went to battle in a Roman army, what they would have done, they would have measured you from top to toe, from side to side. And then what they would have done, wherever you would have gone to war in, in that Roman army, they would have given you a shield proportionate to the place that you're going to fight. Are you with me? And so when you went to battle, your faith shield or the shield that they gave you was big enough that it covered you from top to bottom. Okay? So it looked like this. If I was, if I would have gone to a Roman army, and I'm almost two meters tall, if I would have gone to a Roman army, they would have measured me from top to bottom. And then when the fiery darts came from the wicked one, as your Bible says, if my shield was in, in place, this would have happened. The enemy would have only seen my shield. I would disappear out of sight. They will not see me. The only thing they'll see is this. They'll see a shield of faith. And therefore, the enemy's strategy is this, to get you to put the shield down. Because he wants you to go to battle with your strength. He wants you to pull the sword like Peter. and says, God, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to cut off a head here. And Jesus is saying, I don't need your help. Sheave your sword. And for many of you here, listen to me. I want to encourage you this morning and I want to help. It's time to get back, to get back behind your shield again. Because the Bible says above all. That word above all is analembano in the Greek. And it means pick it up again. And so here is the bottom line. The strength of your faith is not in the intensity of your character. The strength of your faith is not in the intensity of can you do it. The strength of your faith is not in the intensity can you do it again. The intensity of your faith is not even in how many skills, gifts or talents you've received. The intensity of your faith or are you convinced that you are the one that Jesus loves and that you go to battle with an intensity that my faith is rooted and grounded in love and the intensity of the war that I'm going to fight is not because I'm good. No, it is because my faith is unwavering in the God that loves me. Come on, guys. Think about Jesus. Uh, maybe I thought I'll drive, I'll drive the thought back into your hearts. Everybody leaves him. They run. 
12 disciples running, one remaining. Who's the one that's staying? John. What was John's revelation? I am the one that Jesus loves. May I give you a word of advice? Here's my word of advice. If I would do this life over again, I'm now 40 plus a little bit. If I will do it again, I'll do it with much less intensity to try to prove to anybody that I'm worthy to be loved. I will rest in a God that is declared over my life. You are my beloved. Rest, son. Let me go to battle for you. I would have not calculated how many things I've done right or have done wrong. I would have chucked the list all over all together. I would not summarize my life by who left or who stayed. I would not have summarized my life by how many battles I won and how many I lost. I would, I would summarize my life in one single sentence. I am the one that Jesus loves. That's it. And I want to encourage you today. Here's the mystery of Christianity. There will happen things to us that you can't figure out. You might have shown all the necessary faith and still you didn't have the intended outcome. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. That the Lord misses nothing. And He definitely did not miss you. Come on, are you guys okay? Last thought. Jesus hangs. Esther, the Lord said this thing to me in the week. Jesus hangs on a tree that He has made. He allows people to crucify Him that has grown up under His Son. He allows people to beat Him that He fed with His water. Come on, are you guys okay? These people, all of them are under His power. Scripture records 12 legions of angels can come at any given command. Yet the Master hangs on His own creation for His creation. And He trusts Himself in the one that will not leave. And he says, my father, I commit myself to your hands. I want you to be bold today and commit yourself boldly to the father because the father gave you Jesus boldly and Jesus gave you the spirit boldly.
And you can put that shield down again and say, I am rooted and grounded in a scandalous love, which is called the love of God. Are you guys there? Come on. Give him some praise. Yes, Lord, I'll say that. Holy Spirit wants me to say something. Who of you have, who of you have ever been wounded? Show me quickly. Okay, I'll raise my hand too. Who of you have ever been betrayed? Who of you have been hurt though you were innocent? Okay, who of you have had people make assumptions of you and you were also innocent? Okay, see, everybody's lifting hands. I want to remind you of something. Every time the devil tells you that wound defines you, then you redirect that fired cherub and you tell him, the only wounds that defines me it's the holes. It's on the arms of Jesus. And the holes that is in His feet. Why? May I, may I be as bold as to say, His wounds are healed. And because His wounds are healed, you'll heal. Because you don't serve a doctor, you serve a healer. You don't serve a doctor, you serve the great physician. And I'm here to tell you under His authority, this is not the way, it's not over. This is not how the story ends. There's a God that is with you. And this God has a way of saying no seven times and saying right at the right time. Can you imagine, just for a, for a moment, oh, I must stop preaching. Can you Im imagine David is playing his harp. He fights the lion. He's fighting the bear. He just loves the Lord. Never does he know God sees David. And when God lo is looking for a king, he's looking for the one that loves him. He says, I'll say no to all of these. They all look right, but I want none of them. I want the boy with the red hair, the rusty one, the one that loves me, the one that worships me. That's the one. Bring him. And so I'm here to announce to you this morning as a last sentence. There might have been many no's, but by God, Jesus is saying over your life once again, yeah, that's the one. Bring him, bring her. That's the one I've chosen. That's the one I want. That's the one that I love. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Just give Him some praise. I said it in the first service and I want to say it in the second. In the first service, as I was standing, the Lord spoke to me about tears. Psalm 56 verse number 8 says this. You keep track of all my sorrows. Can you put that up for me quickly? Oh, thank you guys. You're awesome. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And in the first service, the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I must tell His people, and I must tell you this morning, Pretoria, that every tear that fell 
in 2023, God collected. That's what the Bible says. Is Jesus the author? Is He the finisher? That means, if you see your life as a life of many chapters, that means allow the Spirit of the Lord today to turn the chapter. And allow yourself grace enough to say, I'm not walking away because of this or that. No, I'm walking away. I'm walking on. That's a better way. I'm walking on because the Lord has turned the chapter. tell you something that I always wanted you to relate so I want you to relate many years ago three years ago it was about two or three I can't remember anymore I asked the Lord this question I said Lord where were you when a specific incident happened where were you where were you where were you and the Lord took me there in the vision he said right there I was there next to you but you didn't see me because you were caught up in your tears and that's okay son I just want you to tell to tell you now I'm moving on so come with me the scripture that I started with said this if you know that Jesus loves you you will follow him but if you are bragging about how much you love him we will need to tell you keep on following Jesus no, rather be the first category. Understand how much He loves you. And then following Him is like automatic. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. Oh, come on. I pray that Jesus will, will let you be convinced. Won't you lift your hands to the Lord? I want to pray for us today. Business people that are here this morning, I want to say to you, the Lord said to me last night as I, as I was flying back from Durban, you have to get ready for 2024. 2024, God's going to do ridiculous stuff in businesses. I tell you now already. You need to get ready. Prepare your hearts for 2024. God's going to move in businesses. God's going to move in businesses. But everybody that is here, won't you lift your hands to the Lord? I want to trust the Holy Spirit. He will take the tears and write stories of life. Lord Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are present right here, right now. And we thank you, Lord. And I want you just to hold out your hands if you can. And to say, thank you, Lord. Come pray with me. Say, thank you, Lord, that I'm turning the page. Thank you, Lord. That right at this moment, that a new chapter is started on my life. And guys, as you're doing that, the scripture that comes into my heart, the Bible says, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. So as you see that, see right on the top of that page, goodness and mercy. So Father, right now, save me. Father, I thank you. 
that this next chapter, that goodness and mercy shall follow me. Come on, say with authority. Say goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life as I remain confident in the God that loves me. Thank you, Lord, that not one tear was missed and not one tear was for granted. But all of them are collected in your jar and written down in your book. And I thank you, Lord, that in this day, a new day starts for your grace and your mercy is sufficient for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't you give Jesus some praise? Come on, lift the name of the Lord. Come on, empower 10 seconds. They're just praising. Come on. Tell, tell that neighbor, I am the one that Jesus loves. I am the one that Jesus has chosen. Say, devil. This is not how the story ends. It's not over. Come on, say your boldness. It's not over. Two more times. Say, it's not over. Last time of all authority. It's not over. Come on, worship the Lord. Come on, give Jesus a mighty roar of praise. I feel like we just need to do that one more time again. It's not over. Do you believe that? Come on, let's say that again. Save me. It's not over. Now say it one sentence. It's not over. Give Jesus some praise. Come on. Come on, praise Him! Amen and amen. It's not over. Hallelujah. And Father, I love you very, very much, Pastor Eric. Thank you. And we'll see you tonight. Amen. Thank you, Empower. God bless you.